he's kind of funky at times. Um, you know, we're pretty close. I guess you could say we're kind of like brothers. Not quite sure. <laughs> um, just uh, listen to what he has to say. He's got a really good message uh, for Out of the Darkness Week. So give it up, Jonathan Dansby. Thanks, bro. Good morning, LCU. It's good to be with you this morning. Um, let me get set up here. I have a, have a lot to handle. Um, before, before we get started, I want to um, make a, a few quick announcements. Um, the first being um, the concert of prayer um, that will happen uh, tonight, this evening, um, at 9.30. Starting around 9.30, we'll, we'll see um, as, as we get a, a decent amount of people, that's when we'll get started. Um, so we'll start around 9.30, um, But today, um, you know, as we, we have Rally at the Rip, we have the Concert of Prayer, um, today is um, a, a nationally known day. Um, it, today is the Collegiate Day of Prayer. So it was, it was kind of a, it was a surprise to me when we started planning this week that we decided to have our concert of prayer um, coincidentally on the same day of the Collegiate Day of Prayer, nationally known. Um, so today, if, whether you come to the concert of prayer or not, I would encourage you, um, be in prayer for our college right here, for LCU. Be in prayer for the university down the street. Be in prayer for South Plains. Be in prayer for Wayland Baptist. Be in prayer for Lipscomb, uh, Harding, all these different universities. I, I encourage you to be in prayer for as many universities as you can possibly think of um, because there are universities that are thinking of you this morning. Um, so that being said, concert of prayer tonight at 9.30. This will be our last event of Out of the Darkness. Um, and my second, um, not near as important, but much more humorous, um, a joke. So, you guys have all heard, uh, at least I hope you've, you've heard the, the verse that says, um, to test the spirits. Well, how, how do you test the spirits? Um, you give them a pen, and you give them one of Dr. Owen's history exams. So a little corny, I actually did have his exam this morning. So it's quite pertinent, testing my spirit for sure. Um, all right, let's get down to business. Um, please pray with me. Eternal and omnipotent God, you have called us to be members of one body. Join us with those who in all times and places have praised your name, that with one heart and mind we may show the unity of your church and that we may bring honor to our Lord and Savior. We ask this through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. 
All right. Let's begin with scripture. It's from 1 John, chapter 1, starting in verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. All right, briefly, let's, let's just, let's take a look at verse five for a moment. The second half reads, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. All right. All around us we see shadows, dark places, dark things. But here, right here, no darkness dwells in God. None. It is hard for us to imagine a world free from shadows, free from darkness. But that is God's world. That is God's being. And if... And, and fellowship with him is life. Verse 7 says that fellowship with God produces something. Let's take a look at what that fellowship produces. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Fellowship with God produces fellowship with others. Then is light what is required for fellowship? Yes, but there's, there's more. There's more to the story. Let's continue in 1 John, later in chapter 2. Beloved, I am not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have already heard. On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is shining already. The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Here it seems that the light of Christ is synonymous with love. It seems to correlate particularly with love in community, the body of Christ. It seems pretty simple. Well, doesn't it? 
those who love abide in light. And those who abide in light abide in God because God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. You see, love and light tend to hold hands with one another. Where one is, there the other is also. Where there is love, there is light. And where the light shines, love is present. In love, there is freedom to love and to simply be. In light, there is freedom to move and to stretch and to grow. Let me give you an example. When you play games or you're outside playing sports, particularly outside, you usually play in the light, whether it be during the daytime or some kind of artificial lighting. Without light, football, which is really soccer, becomes extremely difficult, and American football, almost impossible. Really, there would be no point in even trying baseball, golf, or softball. You'd probably miss, and even if you did make contact, good luck trying to find it. Light is essential. Light is literally how we, we see with our eyes. With the eyes that you and I have biologically, it's impossible to see without light. If it weren't for the light passing through our lenses, cornea, retina, making contact with our rods and cones, and then doing a number of other things that I'm not even qualified to talk about, we wouldn't be able to see anything. Because we can see, because of the light, we have freedom to play, to throw, to hit, kick, and to catch. Because of the light, we have the freedom to move, stretch, and grow in love. But how do we grow in love? How, how do we gain this kind of freedom? Well, I'd like to propose that it starts by recognizing who we are in Christ and then being who we are in Christ. Well, and who might that be? We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. For we were once not a people, but now we are the people of God. And we had not received mercy, but now we have received mercy. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. In all of these things, there is one thing that binds them together, plurality. Not any of them are just one. A chosen race, not just one chosen person. A royal priesthood, not just a royal priest. A holy nation, not simply one holy individual. A people possessed by God, not one person, but the people of God.
a city does not consist of one person, but of many. But wait, that awfully sounds familiar. A lot like what Paul says in 1 Corinthians twelve fourteen, for the body is not one member, but many. A city lives and works as one. They sow seed and reap the harvest as one. They grow as one. They wage war as one. Now, let's be clear. There is only one adversary. There is only one force against God. So, there is only necessity for one body to fight. A city experiences oppression and slavery as one. They also experience freedom as one. But wait, didn't, didn't we say that freedom was light and love? Yes. Doesn't true and lasting freedom come when we, the body, are in the light and love of Christ who is the head? And to that I say, yes, yes. But what are we free from? What is it that we are free from when we step into the light and love of Christ? Slavery, oppression, depression, and sicknesses of the soul. That is what we're free from. Therefore, James says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And earlier in 1 John 1, 9, we read, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it seems that Healing, healing of the sicknesses of the soul, healing of the wounds of slavery, oppression, and depression comes by God's faithful and righteous power in and through his people, his body. But you might ask, how, how is healing freedom? It's freedom in this way. When my friend Jonathan Herman recently had surgery to repair torn ligaments in his knee, he was free to move around only to the extent that he was healed. As the weeks have rolled by, he has gained more freedom in his mobility because he has been increasingly healed of his injury. Some of us have been in this very situation and can identify with the freedom, or in Justin Campbell's case, the lack thereof. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> Freedom, freedom comes by the healing power of the great physician. And his power will always throw, flow through the body of Christ. Now, that is not to say that healing only comes in the community of the body. Rather, it is to say that healing and freedom can be found there. Healing, light, and love all three of these, with these there is freedom.
because they are in Christ and because in him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Hear now the words of the psalmist in Psalm 107. Some sat in darkness and the deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains. For they had rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. So he subjected them to a bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the deepest gloom and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds toward men. For he breaks down gates of brawn and cuts through bars of iron. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent forth his word and healed them. Healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds toward men. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. And now let's hear from later in 1 John, the last few verses of that section. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven you for his name's sake. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I have written to you, children, because you know the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. And I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. I'm going to reword that last part a little bit. I am speaking to you. I am speaking to you, young people, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. You've overcome the adversary. All right, right now, I, I need, I absolutely need everybody's attention all your eyes, all your focus. What we're going to do in a few minutes, now, hold on. What we're going to do in a few minutes is we're going to turn out the lights. What I'm going to need from each of you as I call your class, I'll call freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, and then any non-trads, just so we don't miss you guys. But you have... Now listen very carefully. You have to go on my mark. Otherwise, it, it's not going to work out. I have it all planned up in here, and it's probably not going to work out like I had it planned anyway. But let's, 
let's give it a shot. What I need from each of you is to pull out your cellular device. Yes, I'm going to use the greatest distraction, and I'm going to use it to my advantage. I need you to pull out your phones, tablets, um, whatever, whatever you have that can, you can turn up the brightness on the screen, or if you have a flashlight on your phone, or a flashlight period, I saw that, <laughs> just carrying around a flashlight. This is what I need. I need you to turn it up as, as much as possible, but don't turn it on until I, I tell you guys to go ahead, okay? And when I do, when I do tell you, when I tell your group, what I need you to do is turn it upward, okay? You need it to face the ceiling, all right? So, um, lights will go out, and then I'll have the freshmen go in just a few seconds. So everybody get ready. Take a few seconds if you need to. I can wait. I'm not awkward. Sometimes. All right. I think from some of the chatter, most of us are ready. Okay. Um, all right. Now, and if we can, please no talking through this um, through this experiment, if it were as it were. Um, uh, I would appreciate it, um, and I think you all would appreciate it as well. So, let's um, let's get quiet, and then and then we'll get started. Freshman. Sophomores. Juniors. Raise them high. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Seniors. And all you non-trads. That's right, I saw that. Any faculty, you're welcome to join as well. The darkness has not overcome the light. Guys, what, what we just experienced together, I hope as many of you who have, oh, keep them up. Let's go. <laughs> it's a workout, I know. What, what we're experiencing together, together, if any, if any one of you is not participating, it's that much less bright. We're supposed to shine. The light is supposed to go through us. Are you getting me on this? I know, I know it's goofy. I know that it's odd trying to 
hold all that up. But, but really, stay with me for a second. It's worth it. If any of you are, are not participating, this room is that much less bright. That's the same way in the world. If any of us are not shining together, the world is that much less bright. There is that much more darkness in the world. You are free from the darkness. You are free to walk in the light as he is in the light. And that is lasting freedom. That is what freedom looks like. It's walking in the light. It's walking in the light and love of Christ. You as a body, shh, as a city on a hill, a candle on a lampstand, as a community of believers, bound together by one faith, one Lord Jesus Christ, one Father of all, and one Spirit. You are free. You are free. We are free. We have freedom. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty. We are free at last. And I mean those words in all sincerity. We are. Because of Christ. Because of what he has done. And what he has allowed us to do. We are a people free from the darkness. You are free. Go in peace.